With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday, February 16th of 2024. I am Paul Gallant and you can watch this show live on YouTube at ESPN Houston. Subscribe, like the video. We're also on Twitch, and you can join the most interactive sports talk show in Houston, as Spencer Tillman said, by calling or by texting. So, some people were not happy with the way that I opened up yesterday's show. Who are these people? It might have been you sitting in your car. It might have been the people upstairs. I may have gotten a phone call or two about changing the subject and never going back. So we're going back. We're going back to talking about the things that matter because that's what this show's all about, talking about sports and things in sports that matter. I can't believe what we all witnessed together last night. Truly. We saw something that doesn't happen very often. We saw one of the biggest stars in sports pull off an incredible career achievement. You didn't see it last night? You don't know what I'm talking about? Well, how about a little audio refresher of probably the biggest moment in sports in 2024? Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. Wow, in only ways that Caitlin can. Girl power. Guys, Caitlin Clark, the best basketball player alive, finally did what we have been waiting for with bated breath for weeks. I got seven push notifications on my phone from ESPN about it. Caitlin Clark, as you heard right there, broke 
the NCAA women's basketball scoring record. Yeah. On top of that, even more impressively, she set the all-time scoring record for points in a game at Iowa. You all remember Megan Gustafson, who once scored 48 points for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, Caitlin Clark, she's got that record, too, in her fourth career game, scoring 45 points or more with 13 assists. In total, she scored or assisted on 79 of Iowa's 106 points, the kind of offense that Iowa football desperately needs. Caitlin Clark bringing it all the time. And now, guys, she's just 99 points shy of passing Pete Maravich for the most points in Division One history. So I'm really impressed. And the way that she did it, also impressive. Did you see where she hit that shot from? It wasn't the logo, but it was a logo. She talked about it after the game with Holly Rowe of ESPN. You got off to a hot start tonight, already five quick points. You're coming down the court, and you pull up from a logo three. What was going through your mind in that moment? Well, Holly, that was the only way to do it, so I had to. I told some of my teammates and my coaches, like, if I got a chance in transition, I'm going to launch one. And honestly, I didn't know if it was going to go in because it was, it was a deep one. So courageous. But, I mean, at the same time you hear, she's not even sure she's going to make it. She just told the coaches, yeah, I'm just going to go for the record in the middle of the game. I mean, it could have disrupted the flow of the game. But I say all that, then I think to myself, you know, Jalen Green shooting 15% from outside. (laughs) Jalen Green, out. Caitlin Clark, in? So we're going to lead off today's show talking about the things that matter. Caitlin Clark breaking the record and whether or not the Houston Rockets should consider being the first team to employ a woman. Why not? What could go wrong? Now, Caitlin Clark's got a big decision, and another question for you, 713-780-3776. Should Caitlin Clark declare for the WNBA draft, or should she stay at Iowa for another season? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Truly. It's a tough decision. Honestly, she might make more money in NIL if she stays at Iowa. Just kind of sad. But hey, Caitlin Clark, the best player in basketball. And a big weekend for basketball because that's not the only thing that we could see as far as women pioneers in basketball. It's the all-star weekend in the NBA. Did you know that Steph Curry is going to compete? against Sabrina Ionescu in the three-point competition. And, I mean, we've seen Steph Curry say, hey, listen, this could do a lot for basketball. This could change the game going forward. And I'm kind of wondering, when I look at the odds at mybookie.ag, promo code BET975, Steph is minus 260 to win the three-point challenge shootout. Sabrina is plus 200. Plus 200 seems like they're not good enough odds, right? Seems like maybe Vegas knows something. Is Steph Curry going to purposefully lose in the three-point shoot-off? I don't know. These are the questions on the table because we talk about the things that matter here on the Paul Galancho ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sean Mapes behind the glass. I think it's time. 
I think it's time for us to break the glass ceiling. I think it's time to allow the Caitlin Clarks and the Sabrina Ionescu's of the world to compete. Let let these women play. Let them play against men because why can't they? Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad you're finally tackling this topic we've had clay travis talk about it for years i'm glad paul's finally throwing his hand i'm I'm taking the other side i i think i think we should let it happen i think we should let it happen it's very courageous and here's the thing i mean if you push back against me you not only are you a bigot and a sexist but you're a bad person because you can't you have no counter argument about that at all so there you go guys that's that's the big stories in sports today and I'm glad I could get through that. Now, once again, I'm I'm wondering if anything matters because of a couple of other stories, Sean, that I, I saw over the last 24 to 48 hours. Aliens back. I saw this story and I thought to myself, oh boy, here we go again. Are they trying to distract us or is this actually something that's going down? And then I read it and I thought to myself, you know what? I think this is I think this is real. The U.S. military is in possession of a video of a UFO that disabled a nuclear warhead during a routine test. Two retired Air Force officers recorded in a 1964 encounter this video, but the tape went missing when two days after screening the video, two CIA agents confiscated the footage and swore them to secrecy. This was September 15th, 1964. The craft on film was dome and disc-shaped. A classic disc, the center seeming to be a raised bubble. The entire lower saucer shape was glowing, and it was rotating slowly. So basically, the image that we see in every single bit of sci-fi, comics, movies, the flying saucers, they're real, and they can stop nukes. So, do sports even matter today? Do sports even matter on the same day where also we're finding out that Russia might have a golden eye? You know, like the, the satellite that, that's up there, and, and it blasts DMP and messes all electronics up in a specific area. They're not going to tell us what's going on. There's a national security threat, but it's not really a national security threat. It's a space security threat. Russia's got it. So aliens and Russia has a golden eye. Those are the things to have in the back of your mind when today you just wonder about your own mortality and what matters and your existence and your grand scheme in the universe. Like These are things to have in the back of your mind, but it is a big day in sports because Caitlin Clark broke the record. Wait, so the UFO thing was from the 60s? Yeah, 1964. Oh. I think now what's happening— that, that makes me feel better. That we haven't seen these yeah, It's been 50 in years a while. nothing's happened. There is a possibility where, yeah, okay, they, they, they got all the way out here. Yeah, and they're like, these people don't have bleep. Yeah, these, people's, these people are frauds. Yeah. They're well, like the Buffalo Bills. You, you have to think about, like, we built a spacecraft to go light years and light years away to explore other planets. And then they come upon us in the 60s, and they're like, they don't even have color TV. <laughs> like, Noobs. Like, they have four TV channels? What, what the hell are we doing? I would are we wasting our time here? Someone with interstellar travel, though, is probably beyond television. 
Yeah, okay. But even then, they're like, oh, it's cool. They they went to their own moon. Sick. Oh, yeah, look cool. at that. Here, here. Oh, they have. Oh, oh they, they're still using nukes? Oh, pfft. Watch this. Let's turn them off real quick. Just just a mess of look look, they go nuts when you do it. That would be funny if they're just this whole time they've just been pranking people. Yeah. Like turning off the nukes, prank. Classic prank. Anal probe. Classic prank. Yeah. yeah. The classic prank. Yeah, no. They're, they're just messing around. They're they're kids messing with like an anthill is what they're doing. Yeah. They're just, they're just bored. <laughs> so there you go, guys. It's the Paul Galat Show. ESPN 97.5 and 925. Bigger deal. Russia having a golden eye and Aliens disarming a UFO or Caitlin Clark setting the all-time women's scoring record in college basketball and being just 99 points shy of Pete Maravich for the most points in college basketball history. That's on the table. Up next, we heard some comments from Jim Crane. Remember when he told Mark Berman that the window is never closed while I'm here? He expanded on those thoughts further. We'll share what he had to say as we continue our, our Astros countdown next. Stick around. It's the Paul Galan Show. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Sweet Sassy Molassie John Stockton says Hey look at me I'm a little teapot I'll run right up your dress But then Carl Malone says Sweet Sassy Molassie You are gonna pay a lot Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. Most interactive sports talk show in Houston. In the last segment, we talked about some big topics. Hard-hitting ones. Caitlin Clark, who set the record for points scored in a ladies' basketball career we do have a text she's a ball hog hey you're a sexist pig think about that the rest of your day okay be better do better another text is from 409 josh financially speaking shouldn't clark enter the transfer portal and transfer to the highest bidder honestly every good college athlete should do that no i mean if you're livy don you're getting paid tons already gymnast for lsu if you were to get paid by another gymnastics program or another school, isn't that huge for that school? Just a thought. Transfer every single year if you're good enough. Now, again, this doesn't apply to everybody. But for the people it does apply to, say you're Jordan Addison, right? Jordan Addison in college, he went from Pitt to USC. And off to a pretty good start in his NFL career. You should go as much as you can. I'm not sure what the rules are as far as limits. I don't know if you know those off the top of your head, Sean. I feel like there are some sort of restrictions, but if there are restrictions, test those restrictions. Get paid and transfer all you want. Uh, so you can, it used to be one time transfer for free and then graduate transfer also for free. So that's basically two in three years. Okay. If you, because mo- most athletes, or at least. I'll just speak for like the football side of things because that's what people mostly only care about. Right. Is uh, because you have to take classes during the summer to do like summer workouts. A lot of these guys, if you're not like a complete moron, can just graduate in three years. So you, you graduate after your junior year and then you can transfer again. 
that's the way to do it then. If you're somebody who actually is yeah. a name yeah. with a uh, little bit for of clout. Mo- for most people, uh, or for most players, it does not. Especially if you don't think you're going to be an NFL legend. That maybe, yeah. And that's a real conversation you'd have to have with yourself. That would be pretty tough. I mean, someone, you could honestly... You could honestly sue the NCAA for eligibility things, for like eligibility limits. Correct. Because you could be like, you're limiting my ability to make money because I am not an NFL player. I'm not an NBA player. I can make more playing for whatever, LSU, yeah. than I can playing professionally. Why are you limiting my opportunities? Very anti capitalist and also communist at the same time. A comment from Pinche UFOs, because we talked about those. There was some scene in 1964 and they disarmed nukes. Are decoy BS for easily fooled? The military itself is behind these experimental aircraft sightings. Quit being so gullible. Pinche, are you trying to get me killed? Are you trying to get me killed? We all know that. Are you trying to get me killed? I'm just going in line. I'm following what the bosses tell me here. I'm following what the big boss in the White House tells me too. We're friends. You know? Crack parties and stuff. Anyway, guys, let's continue our countdown to the start of the Astros' regular season. Give me that trombone, baby. Oh, one second. I wasn't ready for it. It's always Astros time in Houston. Are you ready to play? A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Astros didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Counting you down to the Astros season opener against the New York Yankees, March 28th. 41 days away. Brad Peacock days away. He had a save at the 2017 World Series. Brad Peacock, Astros champion forever. And he was a part of the team that officially kicked down the door and made the playoffs. He was there from 2013 to 2020. So shout out to Brad Peacock, wherever he is. Hope he's enjoying a cold one on this Friday. Friday, got to get down on Friday. Jim Crane, owner of the Houston Astros, talked to Chris Baldwin of the Paper City Magazine and had some pretty interesting things to say. Remember those window comments that he texted to Mark Berman of Fox 26? He doubled down. Quote, I'm not worried about the window. I made a statement the other day that as long as I'm here, the window's open. So I've got to live up to that. I like it when Jim Crane puffs out his chest, puts on the varsity jacket. But in this same interview, he did give himself a little bit of cover from, I guess, people that are going to ask him, just how willing are you to keep this window open? Here's a little pandering that he gave to the fans in this interview with Chris Baldwin. Quote, listen, you've got 22,000 season tickets sold. And that's a lot of season tickets. I always tell people the fans are paying the bill. I've just got to administrate it properly. So I take it very seriously. Without the sponsors and the fans, we wouldn't be where we're at. We've got to always remember those people first. Imagine being told this, though. I tell the players, continued Crane, the fans are paying it, not me. (laughs) What a great way to just shove responsibility off towards somebody else. And imagine if you're Alex Bregman and 
Jim Crane in contract negotiations says, well, Alex, the fans are paying your salary, and a lot of people aren't going to Minute Maid Park anymore because they're outraged and incensed by the price of your Gregorita, which is like $5 more than a typical $16 margarita at the El Tiempo, Sean, in Minute Maid Park. That's like, that's almost insider trading. Honestly, it truly is. Bre- Bregman is selling a drink there, and the fans are buying that, which is making him money directly and indirectly because they're also paying for a salary. He's double dipping. He is 100% double dipping, but this double dipping is affecting Jim Crane's ability to pay contracts because a lot of people, you know, I have a credential, so it's a little different for me, but a lot of people have been looking at the two LTMPOs in Minute Maid Park, and they're like, damn, like the prices have gone up. And, and imagine you just want a little tahini and some breggy sauce on it, and, and this hot sauce and, and that tahini is like an extra $5. Are you going to be able to make your rent? So a lot of fans, they're seeing this, and they're not going to the games anymore. This is this is a known fact, or at least that's what Jim Crane could tell Alex instead of Instead of just not going to... Uh, LTFO. They're just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. If I can't have a $20 margarita. What's the point? Instead, it has to be a $26 margarita. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point on on these tickets? Uh, More Jim Crane with some chastising. This is a finger wag that he gave to the the media, Sean. Listen, I think the reporters are like, said Crane. Well, they've got to extend this guy. I mean, listen, there's a time for everything. We focus on one thing at a time and try to knock them out as we see the priority. You know you're not always going to be able to sign everyone because your payroll would be so high. You'd be broke. That's a wag of the finger. So we prioritize things, and we think we make good decisions when we make them. You're always under a lot of scrutiny, but I'm not worried about the window. Talking about the reporter side of things, he's basically saying, like, listen, I know what I'm doing. Shut the hell up. Enjoy the show. <laughs> and to his credit, the show has been very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do generally trust Jim Crane to at least hire people to make the right decisions. I agree. I don't exactly trust him to make the right decisions himself when he's the GM. Uh, see last offseason. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, 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 I... That was Jeff Bagwell. I, be- I believe he generally understands what it takes to win baseball games. I agree with you there. One last tidbit from Jim Crane with Chris Baldwin of Paper City Magazine. It seems to be confirmation of the front office's supposed frustration with Yiner Diaz not playing. We think we're in good shape, said Crane. We've got a backup catcher. We're going to play our young catcher a lot. He didn't get a lot of action this past season. Is that a shot at Dusty Baker? Is that a shot at Martin Maldonado? I think it's just a fact. I think it's just a, hey, he hasn't, you know, this is his first year starting. It is his first year starting, but he's putting some expectations on uh, Yiner by saying that. And there should be expectations on Yiner. he was awesome last year in limited time. It was very limited time, and it drove a lot of people crazy. Now you're sending a shot at Dusty Baker. I'm not sending a shot at anybody. Dusty Baker was our fearless leader, and now Joe Espada is our fearless leader. Yeah. I will lick the boot pretty damn quick. I'll fall in line with the company. I'm falling in line with this company today, right? I, I, I get reprimanded for what I did in the first segment yesterday, 
And 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 here I am towing the line and also towing the the line of you know of all the people out there who are considered woke. But I'm not gonna, I'm not woke. I'm just a good man by talking about Caitlin Clark oh, to open wow. up the show. I'm a good man that supports women. I'm also six foot four, and I help the homeless out on the weekends. And also I like contribute at a animal shelter and I do a lot of great things. Uh, Keyword six. Why are we, why are we reading your hinge bio right now? (laughs) Uh, Why why are we doing this? We just want everyone to know that this is, this is what I got, what I'm offering. Uh, so there you go. That is our Astros countdown. We're 41 days away. Later in the show, we'll hear what Ryan Presley had to say about not being the Astros closer, but up next, you should be a little nervous about C.J. Stroud's participation in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, which I believe is tonight after this crazy story coming out of ESPN. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're one of us. I need you to become the man you were always meant to be. Not next year. Not tomorrow. We're ready for some football, baby. Tackling the biggest issues in the NFL. This just in. Here's the 10-minute drill with Paul Gallant. Football time. CJ Stroud is playing in the Celebrity All-Star Game tonight. He is going to be on the opposite team of Micah. Parsons, who you might have seen last night bitching and moaning about people seeing him at the airport and asking him for autographs. On one hand, oh, poor Micah Parsons being at the airport, having people walking after him. But I do think that adults asking for autographs are losers. I do. You got to have a kid with you to make it seem like you're getting it for the kid, okay? So do it a little bit better. You got to get a kid involved. It sounds a little weird when I say it like that. No, I mean, kids should be the only people asking for autographs. If you're so an you adult, need, you need to employ a child, <laughs> right, to run up, Mr. Parsons, Mr. Parsons, exactly. And, and and look, and then you give them a five dollar bill, and they give you the autograph. Yeah, exactly. Boom. He, some sort of trade, and I know some people frown on child labor, but this is this is the only kind of yeah, child labor that there should a be. A gig, not really a job. Getting autographs, right. So, Micah Parsons is, I guess, on Team Stephen A. Smith versus Team Shannon Sharp in the celebrity game. And per ESPN's Adam Schefter, Stephen A. Smith is in an ankle brace for an injury he suffered practicing against Micah Parsons for the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. I have a lot of questions. One, is Stephen A., was he going to play in this game? The same Stephen A. Smith who wrote in his autobiography that he hit like 17 straight threes during a high school basketball tryout or something like that. So I want to know if Stephen A was playing. He is a taller guy. I want to see if Stephen A was playing well, but I also want CJ Stroud nowhere near the court when Micah Parsons is on the court. 
And I don't trust that ESPN, the same entity that employs a man in Stephen A. Smith who said that the Houston Texans are a racist organization about a calendar year ago. I do not believe that this celebrity all-star game has the Texans' best interests in mind. And I think that's something to be concerned about. I think, honestly, we need to do something about this. And now that Cal McNair's done with the the lawsuit and his brother, I think that Cal McNair should file an injunction to prevent C.J. Stroud from playing in this game. I think that that Bob, or excuse me, not Bob, R.I.P. Cal McNair should suspend C.J. Stroud from the Celebrity All-Star Game, especially if Micah Parsons is on the other sideline, and especially after he somehow injured Stephen A. Smith in practice. Uh, apparently, according to Molly Karam, who, who told the story on uh, First Take, it was they were just kind of messing around at practice, Stephen A. and Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons crossed him over, and Stephen A. went down and had to go to the doctor uh, for uh, something with his knee and was late to first take. He is now on first take, but uh, he was late this morning. I'm skeptical. Oh. I, I I smell it. We did this so that we had something to talk about. Stephen A's a showman, just like me. Stephen A. Smith, Paul Gallant, two of the greatest showmen in sports. And I could 100% see... Stephen A. won in an effort to have something to talk about on a day where they have literally been talking about Caitlin Clark for 37 minutes or on the other side of things where like, hey, there's nothing really else going on. But tonight we are airing the Celebrity All-Star Game on one of our networks. This is how you feed the mothership viewers. This is how you do it. I don't even know. Is, is the I feel like some years the, all, the Celebrity All-Star Game isn't even like live. They like pre-tape it and then they, they show it later. I, I don't I don't know what the you might be right on that front. I, I I remember that it was like pre-taped one year. Poor Marine is saying I'm pretty sure they played the game last night. Well, the 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 report by Adam Schefter is that this took place during a practice. Well, also C.J. Stroud played in the uh, softball game. Exactly. Time. How could he have played in, in two places at once? That's not possible. Even if you're Taylor Swift, not possible. Yeah. Because of private jets. Yeah. Oh, is CJ Stroud taking a private jet to Indianapolis? Could have taken Travis Scott's private jet because Travis Scott is the most private jetting yeah. private jetter there is of all celebrities. He's number one. And that was Travis Scott's event last night. Travis Scott's just sending fossil fuels out. He's like, oh, yeah, you want to leave? So, I'm going to burn the environment down, bitches. I've already like gotten a couple people killed at my concert. May as well, may as well make it worse. Half the private jets that... Travis Scott's sitting out are just empty. Yeah, just, yeah. He's just moving around. He's secretly an evil mogul. He's <laughs> sitting in, in, you know, his his, his Missouri City, uh, like, three-story house. Yeah, Lex Luthor. Uh. Right. <laughs> his hair is actually fake. Like, it's a wig, yeah. and he takes it off, and he gets a cat out, and he's, like, petting in a chair. <laughs> I will kill the environment of planet Earth. I could hear him talking like that. I mean, he was a musical theater guy. Back in back in Missouri City, which is a fancy part of town. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5-92.5, continuing to go around the NFL. This was an interesting story. So Pro Football Talk put this out yesterday at about 1 o'clock. Deshaun Watson might have to testify again 
in a lingering sexual misconduct case. Per Brent Schrodenberg of the USA Today, there's been a motion to compel further testimony filed. So, in the last time where Deshaun Watson faced questions, after two hours and 14 minutes, Watson did not answer a question. So, okay, there might be more questions asked, but I imagine that you're going to be hard-pressed to get Deshaun Watson to actually say anything, even though he's claimed in his press conference that eventually he will tell his side of the story. Theoretically, this could go to trial at some point. And I guess per Florio, the league has not completely ruled out the possibility of further punishment, even though when he was originally punished, it was reported that any further punishment can't be related to this situation. The NFL does make up the rules for punishment on the fly. Like they spin a wheel, I think, as far as like, why would we suspend this person for X, Y, Z amount of time? So um, we'll see on that front. But yeah, I guess we're not done with the Deshaun Watson stuff. Other news in the NFL. Mike Zimmer is officially the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. There was some weird reporting about that over the weekend about how Rex Ryan might still get the job. Rex Ryan kind of went back and forth with Schefter on Schefter's report that this was going to be Zimmer's job. I thought it was interesting that in his press conference, Zimmer refuted the idea that he was a, quote, jerk. There's a reputation out there that I'm a jerk or something like that. It is what it is, I guess. But, you know, since it was announced I was going to be here, I've heard from so many players that played for me. Players here, not just defensive backs, the linebackers and defensive linemen have texted me and said how happy they were for me. I think if I was such a jerk, I wouldn't be hearing from those guys. Now, on the other side of things, we've heard from Harrison Smith, who played for him, like he's an acquired taste, which is a polite way of saying he's an a-hole. But there's another part of me that thinks to myself, okay, if Mike McCarthy's the head coach of the Cowboys, he does not strike me as a hard-ass. It's good to have a hard-ass in the locker room. And this idea that has randomly developed over the last couple of years that an a-hole as a coach is bad for you, I don't agree with that. I think that every individual athlete needs something different to motivate them. Some people respond well to constant positivity. And others respond well to having somebody yelling at them and being on their ass all the time. And it's weird that all of a sudden, the last couple of years, the latter is frowned upon. Why? It's been successful for years and years and years. There are limits, of course, but all of a sudden, too, seeing this reporting about Bill Belichick and the Patriots documentary that came out today, being an a-hole. Yeah, no bleep. (laughs) That's why they were what they were. Pete Carroll, totally different. But this idea that there's only one way to go about coaching going forward is, I think, Sean, over the top. Yeah, I I do think that there's, you know, different different tactics will work for different people. It does seem like like the this generation, this younger generation, it does they just kind of seem more like stop yelling at me, dude. Like like they they seem like it doesn't it doesn't work like the extra extra hard stuff doesn't work on them as opposed to you know what Mike Zimmer has been doing for 30 years uh going back to when he, his first stint on the Cowboys but uh I don't know I mean I just think it's funny that at your opening press conference you have to be and by the way people think I'm a jerk I'm not <laughs> like just I know the elephant in the room isn't this guy a jerk 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm a nice guy. I'm swell. Yeah. I like women's basketball. I'm a big Caitlin Clark fan. It, 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 it's just funny to be like, I know what everyone in here is thinking, that I'm a jerk. I'm an a-hole. I'm this. I'm that. I'm not. <laughs> right. It's really convincing when you, whenever Listen, anyone does that. Darren Woodson texted me <laughs> just now. Yeah, he, oh, oh, it's two middle fingers. Hey, but it's because it's an inside joke that we have. Yeah, let me us. let me scroll past all the ones from uh, whatever all the all the uh, all the Vikings players. Hold on, hold on. Stephon Diggs just called me a word I can't say into a microphone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Reading like. Oh, let me scroll past this text from Kirk Cousins where uh, he, he's asking why I, he had I had to bring his wife into it. Uh, yeah, it, it, I imagine for Mike Zimmer, it, it really does not matter whether or not he's a jerk. But it's weird that it's, it's funny that he's answering those yeah, questions. It, it, it's just a funny thing to come up at the opening press conference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple other coordinator uh, things that took place. Cliff Kingsbury officially introduced as the commander's head coach. He said he doesn't feel he has anything to prove. Yeah, he does. He has to prove he's trying to get a job. Otherwise, he would be off in, like, Vietnam or wherever the hell he went. Where Thailand. Thailand, right, exactly. With all his money. I suppose there are implications. Yeah, make it, he went I'm to not Vietnam. I'm not implying that. He went to Vietnam. He went to Vietnam. <laughs> he went to really? find the wall. Wow, wow. You know, good on Cliff. Oh, no, for vacation. <laughs> he definitely would have put it on his iPod. Or iPhone, oh, yeah, uh, well, riding a helicopter. Uh, the, uh, also, he dodged a question about Caleb Williams. Anthony Weaver, who is spoken very highly of, former Ravens and uh, Texans assistant coach, former Texan and Raven player. Uh, he's the new Dolphins defensive coordinator. And Brandon Staley might be the 49ers' next defensive coordinator. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Speaking of those Baltimore Ravens, now that Chris Jones seems to be returning to the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one target for the Houston Texans in free agency is... A Baltimore Raven. We continue our Texans free agency watch next. Stick around. <laughs> ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Insert random audio clip now. What's the recommended amount of dedicated wham I should have to serve? Back to the Paul Galan Show. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We were talking about Mike Zimmer, new defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys in the last segment. He wants everyone to know he's not a jerk. The idea of a jerk coach is, I think, perhaps overstated these days. Some jerk coaches are actually going to help athletes better. OG from H-Town asks, what about coaches that kick players while they're on the ground? Probably referring to Urban Meyer, who allegedly did that to a kicker once. Here's the thing. I mean, Urban Meyer was showing that kicker how to kick, right? So is it really the worst moment in being a jerk history? Another person asked this question. Is Mike Zimmer still dating the... Very attractive girlfriend. And the answer seems to be yes. He is dating Katarina McKetton. She is somebody who's been in Sports Illustrated, Maxim Australia, uh, 40 years old, 
Five foot seven, 119 pounds. I don't know why there's a website that has all of oh, those. Shit, the NFL Combine? Details. It does feel like that, Sean. What's your standing reach? I a good question. I mean, it, it's it was not a good question. If it really what? Why it is a good question? It's a good question. We got to know her reach. We're talking a lot about women's sports today. We've done it in every single segment. So I mean, could she be an athlete? I don't know. She went to Northwestern. I'm glad that they didn't do like the weird like. What are your measurements? Have you ever seen people ask that question online? It's like, what? you're weird, man. No, I've what's, never... your, what's your bust size? <laughs> You ever gone up to somebody oh, and no, pulled that I've, one off? I've only seen those questions asked when the woman is uh, trying to get cast for something and is sitting on a black leather couch. That's the only <laughs> time I've seen the, those questions get asked. Yeah, that sounds accurate, Sean. I, I've never been watching Entertainment Tonight and uh, and Mario Lopez shoots that question at Florence Pugh. I haven't. <laughs> I've, I missed that one. Sydney Sweeney's got some double E's yeah. as she's full, showed on full display in Madam Web. Uh, That's like what like the news on GTA would say. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the Mike Zimmer thing does remind me of my my own life. When I was in college, my dad, who was in his fifties, was dating a girl from Russia who was probably twenty five, and this girl was smoking hot, and it was weird. <laughs> it was a little weird. I remember the the first night that my dad picked me up from uh, the bus that I took back from Syracuse to Boston and he picks me up and we drive to this random place. He hadn't told me anything about it. We just drive to this random place in downtown Boston. It's by the state house. It's like a nice building. And this this woman comes downstairs and and my dad's like, Paul, you got to get in the back seat. And I'm like, okay. So this girl gets in the front seat and she's just really attractive, like blonde, uh, tall, like five eleven, And let's just say like the body is in great shape. And I'm like, what is going on? What the hell is going on? I have no idea. And like, she comes back to my dad's place and they, and they uh, go to bed together. And I'm like, what is going on? This is still weird. And the next day, I remember I'm waiting for breakfast and uh, my dad comes out and my dad just like, like smirks at me. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on here? And then she comes out and she's wearing like a pink kind of see-through nightgown. And, I, and then I'm like, Oh my god! I'm just trying not to look because I don't want to like just awkwardly, you know, have a pants tent around around my dad's girlfriend, and she clearly had no idea like how to be around like you know an 18, 19 year old boy. So uh, it was something else. So um, fun times, fun times with my dad. How about that? How about that? I forgot how this came up. Uh, Mike Zimmer has a younger girlfriend. <laughs> I was don't worry, don't worry, Paul. I was enthralled by the story, but about halfway through, I was like, "Wait, what led to this?" It's the story? magic of the Paul Galan show, you know, just trust it. Hey, guys, the Houston Texans—they're looking to find a five foot eleven, twenty-five year old Russian of their own in in this free agency period, huh? Like they're trying to find a good player, not a Russian, but a rusher, maybe. Great point, Sean. It's time for another episode of Texas Free Agency Watch. Got used to know my back, because I love the city I'm from. Hands up if you feel that. Houston Texans Free Agency Watch. Money does buy happiness when you give it away. 2024. Y'all know what time it is? Texas Watch! 
So we put together a checklist of what we want the Texans to go after in free agency. Center is at the top for me still. But if we're going to make a big purchase, the Texans going forward, I would like to see them go after a defensive tackle of some sort, especially since D'Amico Ryan seemed to be prioritizing it. So it sounds like Chris Jones, after his announcement at the parade, is not going anywhere. He's not going to become a free agent. So with that in mind, it might be time for the Texans to turn their focus to this guy who, if you've been on the internet, has been constantly mentioned as somebody that the Houston Texans should potentially sign. Justin Matabuike is a defensive tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. He's 26 years old. He's from Texas, a Dallas native. He went to Texas A&M and had a breakout season last year. Pro bowler, second team All-Pro, 13 sacks, 12 tackles for a loss as a defensive tackle. Size-wise, you know, we were talking about uh, measurements a little bit earlier. Justin Matabuike is 6'2 and a half, 306 pounds. And he can disrupt on the interior. I really only have one question about this because I think this is a very good fit. Why would the Ravens let him walk? If you're Baltimore, do you really believe that you can replace somebody like this? If you do, after one season like this, Maybe you can. Baltimore's obviously had a pretty good track record defensively over the past two decades. But that would be, I guess, the only pause I'd have. If he is a free agent, though, this guy should be at the top of the wish list for Nick Casario, for D'Amico, Ryans, and company, Sean. Yeah, and that's the thing with the top of your wish list is that they're all, they're going to be awesome players that their te- the team that they're currently on are going to do what they all that they can to retain them. So we're going to go through a lot of the top of the wish list guys, and a lot of them, you know, Chris Jones. I again, I'm not I'm not holding what he says at a parade when he's 90 million uh, Miller lights deep, but <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's interested in coming back to the Chiefs. The Ra- the Ravens, I feel like, would be out of their minds to let Matabike go. But th- this is he's going to be a highly coveted guy by by the Texans and by the Ravens too. It's just if the Ra- if the Texans can uh, you know either offer a price that makes uh, him want to go, or you know you said he's a Texas a Texas native, maybe maybe that's enough of a pull. But ultimately, with all these guys, it's just can you offer the most money? Could this potentially be the pull? The quarterback comparison. Now, I would imagine Matabike, after the Ravens' performance against C.J. Stroud, maybe looks at C.J. Stroud with more of a side eye the than guy most we, players across the, the NFL. dominated twice? Right. <laughs> but at the same time, after the way that the game against the Chiefs went in the AFC Championship game, does he think to himself, man, I don't know if Lamar Jackson can do it on his own. So that that is something that is probably a factor in his decision if he is potentially going to test the market. Can I be on a better team with a better quarterback? But he's one of those strange players in that he would have, compared to probably like 30 other NFL teams, a lesser view of C.J. Stroud. Yeah. 
than and, just about everybody else. And you have to think, like, he was also there when Lamar, like, won the MVP. It was awesome for, <laughs> what, 17 games. So there, there is a little bit of, like, I think we get caught up on the, oh, can't win the big one, you know, whatever, right. with Lamar. I think the guys in the locker room, like, they probably all still believe in Lamar. Like, they're, they're not like, oh, this guy. Yeah, he's been there since 2020. This is this is so he wasn't there for the 2019 season. So it, that was a pretty big disappointment to lose to Tennessee the way that they did in the playoffs. So yeah, maybe he's not as burnt out on the Lamar yeah, Jackson it's, it's experience. Not like, it's not like it's Ryan Tannehill or something. Correct. You know, it's it, it's still the guy who won MVP. Yes, and he's just as weirdly not yeah. been very good in the playoffs. So that could potentially be a factor. I, but I, it, it ultimately comes down to I, I just don't see why Baltimore would let him walk. And I feel like Baltimore would probably think very long and hard. And maybe it's more difficult with Lamar Jackson's contract about giving him the franchise tag. I would try to give him the franchise tag at the very least and then give him a contract extension. Because I don't want him on the open market. That would be quite a loss, I think, just based off of what he did this past year. Paul Galancho, ESPN 975-925-713-780-3776 to call in, to text in. Guys, I'm not just nervous about C.J. Stroud because of going up against Micah Parsons in the celebrity all-star game in the NBA this weekend in Indianapolis. I'm also concerned about who he's keeping company with. We got to discuss this. It's the Paul Galan Show. Stick around. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of non-human intelligence. We're definitely not alone. Absolutely, the data points empirically that we're not alone. Yeah. 